0: A new generation has emerged in the earth. A seed in the ground has been sprouting, yet all around everything looked dead. Like the ground has closed every crack that the fragile seedling requires to sprout, out of the unseen to the seen, out of the death stage with resurrection power. But when the Kairos moment is announced, not even the concrete pavement can stop that seedling from pushing through. The trumpet has sounded, and that sound has hit the core of the earth. A new generation has emerged. A generation prepared and released by the heavens. Feared and hated in hell, yet the world does not recognize, neither is it ready for us. A generation coming from the wilderness of the word, where we have learnt how to die to our carnal ambitions, and embrace the mandate of our Creator. A generation who have overcome the temptations that appeal to the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh and pride of life. Our sword is soiled with the blood of our crucified flesh, and desires of the flesh. A generation that has gone through our valleys, and made a decision to join the remnant. A new generation alive in Christ has emerged. A generation whose natural appetite was long overtaken, by the spiritual appetite that declares, My food is to do the will of he who sent me and to finish his work. The king's food and wine is not what entices us, But we choose to eat that which proceeds from the mouth of God. In a world of varied options, we are the generation with a singular sight. We have locked eyes with Christ. The author and finisher of our faith. Men and women who have made a covenant with our eyes. A new generation fiercely committed to the word of God has emerged. A generation who know that our lives are worth the blood of the Lamb therefore we cannot be bought with any position, nor sold for any price. We have eaten of his flesh, and drank of his blood, therefore we can confidently say, it is not I who live but Christ in me the hope of glory. A generation that does not take lightly, the greatest event in human history, the cross. We know, it is because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, that we emerge in this season, to establish kingdom lifestyle in the earth. A new generation birthed on the cross has emerged. A generation with the Issachar dimension is here, we know what Kairos we are in, and what we ought to do. The heavenly assignment is all we are here for, to become the interface between heaven and the earth. Downloading all that heaven wants installed on the earth. Heaven looked down for a man who would stand in the gap for the nations, and this generation, in one voice answered. We are here and are willing to be misunderstood for our faith, rejected for our boldness and courage, and persecuted for holding on to the Word. For the joy set before us, we are willing to be identified with Christ. A new fearless generation has emerged. We might not be perfect. Our past might try to haunt us. The enemy will try to stop us using any available vessel, but, like a pilot about to take off, we are announcing, we are committed, no turning back from the north south east and west behold a new generation who will bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people a new generation has emerged backed by the heavenly host with a trumpet sounding let god arise and all his enemies be scattered a new generation that has no color no race no gender and no status has emerged the ecclesia has emerged we are the cyrus community
1: Hello and welcome to the Cyrus community. This is Business Unusual. We are continuing to talk about Joel and what Joel spoke about and how those prophecies affect us right now. Why are we going back to these issues? Why are we raising them? Why are they important to us now when we are saying God has birthed a kingdom business reformation? Jesus in Matthew 13, 52 said, Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder, who brings out from his treasures things new and old. Jesus also often said, again I say to you, so these are treasures new and old, and he says one instructed on the matters of the kingdom. This, this, these things affect us in the way that many times when we hear a truth for the first time, you don't necessarily completely comprehend it, or sometimes you hear it, but you don't hear it. In fact, Second Peter even talks about those who've heard and understood. Second Peter 1, 12 says, For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. I will not be negligent to remind you always, notice, remind, that's already a repetition, and always of things even though you know and are established in the present truth. Why do we need to do this many times? It's because if we don't do this, sometimes we're not able to reinforce or to ring-fence promises that God has already made to us. This is important for a number of reasons. Some of us, the first time you hear truth, you hear nothing at all, let's be honest. It passes over your head, it disappears, or you're still confused. Is that even in the Bible? Are you real? Are these guys a cult? What are they saying? So in that noise and confusion and reaction, sometimes you also simply have no clue what is being discussed. So you may have sat in meetings and things may have come and passed you. Other times, it's like the parable of the soul, even though you've heard. All sorts of situations arise because of the word. And suddenly you realize that the word you've received has been diluted or has no real impact in your life. Sometimes it's completely erased. That's why you can hear something you heard before and wonder if it's ever been taught. There's another reason why this happens to us. We need... To constantly remind ourselves. Why? Because scripture tells us that Paul tells Timothy that the prophecies he's released or he's been receiving, he needs to wage a good warfare with these things. So sometimes we need to remind ourselves as part of our weaponry, as part of our capacity to push through a season and arrive at where God is taking us. You see, one of for now, the main reason why we're actually going back is what I would call our primary reason. I've given you other reasons, but our primary reason is to be able to recognize the manifestation end of a prophetic spectrum, meaning you're able to see and able to say like Peter, this is that that was spoken. This is the ability to look into a chronos of a kairos season. So even though we spoke about these things before, and we declared them before, For a lot of people, it's a first time. For a lot of people, it was just prophetic. For a lot of people, it was a coming season. Now we've entered the season, we have to go back and draw that treasure because now it is required. Now we're in the chronos of this season. Now we need to walk in in this realistic perspective of everything God said. So as you re-listen to these recordings, please allow the truth to really sink in and literally awaken you and arm you for this season. In this season, the mighty men must arise. Please note, like we said before, they are already mighty. And we are speaking to you wherever you are, globally. It's time to arise, meaning that capacity that is already within you, that part of you that is already blessed, that part that is already fruitful, that part must arise now because there's a demand for us to move forward and to begin to establish the things that God desired for this season. So as we go through this season, it's an activation season. It's a this is that season for you. It's when the pieces come together. It's when, like in the Valley uh, of Bones, when the bones come together and the flesh comes together and a mighty army is raised. This is where we are.
2: When we talk about business as a weapon of war, we want to define every word because in this season, business becomes the key or the tool for us, especially in TCC, to take it to the next level, all right? Yes. So maybe you can uh, yeah. give us context of today's discussion. Yeah, and again. it's important
1: for us to get the context because as we spoke about the kingdom as a holistic, in fact, if we're to sum up the whole context of what the kingdom of God is, is every place where God has uncontested rule.
2: Okay.
1: Where he cannot be queried. Mm-hmm. And that is everywhere.
2: Everywhere.
1: So that's the background we came out of. Why that was important is because as we shift into this Environment of uh, this face, we want to talk about business as a weapon of war. If we don't get that context, we won't be able to fully comprehend where we are going. But just to refresh us, let's read that scripture again so that we, because we're going to read a bit of it and then we're going to place it how it connects to where we
2: are today. Okay, I think that's important. Joel 3 yes. 9 to 10. Yes, proclaim this among the nations, prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men and let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into uh, swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Yes. So those
1: are scriptures you're going to hear a lot now. And we're going to begin to break them down and they're going to give us a framework. But to comprehend that, we have to just, you know, we always say this. If you just take it from there, the question would be, what are we talking about? So this scripture has to be understood in a specific context. Okay. Now I want to place the context in line with a number of things that we need to understand about how God moves within his uh, kingdom communities. Yes. So the, the background we have to start with is Joel chapter 2. Famous Joel chapter 2. In Joel chapter 2 a lot of things have happened. So we know the stories about the locusts. We know the stories about restoration. We know the stories. So we are dealing with our background. First of all, let's deal with Joel's prophecy. Okay. Joel speaks of a day in the future where God will restore his people. He will recover the years they have lost. Mm-hmm. Then it goes on to say that in that season, not only will he do that, he will then pour out his spirit. Yes. And when he pours out his spirit, they will dream dreams and have visions. visions. Yes. So that's Joel's prophecy. Fast forward the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. We see Peter. We see Peter quote that scripture Mm -hmm. at a manifestation end of that prophetic word, Mm -hmm. and says, "This is that which was spoken spoken by the prophet Joel." Now, I know we like holding on only to that verse. All right, Mm -hmm. that this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel, and he quotes verse twenty-eight. Afterwards, I will pour out my My spirit spirit. on all flesh. After what? After restoration, mm. after bringing back the years, and that's why we've been talking about what? Kairos and Kronos.
2: And I think before we go on, yes. that's where we get stuck as uh, the body of Christ. Yes. Because when we say that, afterwards I will pour out my spirit, I'm waiting for God to pour out my spirit, or rather his spirit, yeah. and for us to have visions and dreams. And, uh, and dreams, dreams Okay. Yes. He said, I will do this after restoration. Yes. Now, we are a people who are waiting for the pouring of the Spirit without restoration. Exactly. So, you can't take only one item. Mm -hmm. So, when Peter
1: is quoting a context, get the whole context. Yes. So, in that context, he says he's quoting, and yet all we ever talk about is the pouring out of the Spirit. Yes. We don't talk about the other things that are spoken about, visions, dreams, and all these things. Now, with that backdrop... Now I'd like to say something. There was a real manifestation of a pouring out of the spirit. There was a breaking forth of the early
2: church. When, when Peter was speaking, when Peter was speaking, this up, happened. Yes,
1: the okay. nations were touched. Things began to happen in that window. Yes. Now that becomes a pattern for us. Mm. It wasn't just an event, it was a pattern. A pattern that we see whenever God reaches out to us, when he restores us and pours out his spirit, mm-hmm. Something must then happen after we get the dreams and the visions. Okay. After we begin to prophesy. It is after all that that we enter
2: chapter 3. So let's go back. Okay. Let's understand that he's talking about I will restore. Mm-hmm. So something has happened. Yes. God has restored. Yes. And when we talk about restoration, God is restoring the years. Yes. He's restoring time. Exactly. After he does that, he up, uh, pours, pours out, his, out his, spirit. his spirit. Yes. After pouring the spirit, yes. we now we go to where he says we get dreams and visions. Yes. From that point, now he says, okay, proclaim this to yes. the nations. Now,
1: when we want to get to the proclamation now, there's a war being announced, but why? huh what is necessitating God to use Joel to give this prophetic word mm-hmm. now we have to begin in Joel five, then end up with Joel three verse five, then end up with nine and ten to tie up the whole story, okay, so that we have a clear indication of what is necessitating that proclamation yeah, what is the background? We have to go back to context and say this is happening after the outpouring, so if we say If we say, we've seen God restore us, we've seen an outpouring of his spirit, the next thing should happen is we should be having insight, wisdom, ideas, concepts, visions and dreams. These are important in the context of the war.
2: Mm, For where we are going.
1: Exactly. So you can't again go to war without these things. Exactly. This war is unconventional. It will require all that. Okay. God doesn't declare this war until all that
2: has happened. Joel 3. Now from verse 5. 5 to 10. Yes. All right. Because you have taken my silver and my gold Mm -hmm. and have carried into temples my prized possessions, Mm -hmm. also the people of Judah and the people of Jerusalem, you have sold to the Greeks that you you um, you may remove them far from their borders. Mm -hmm. Behold, I will raise them out of the place to which you have taken them and will return your Retaliation retaliation
1: upon your head.
2: I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sibians, to a people far off, for the Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations. (laughs) Now we've come back to our scripture.
1: Yes. So what is being proclaimed? What he has just said. Yes. So proclaim the things I have said, but prepare for war. What has he said? Mm-hmm. And you want to break that down. Now, that's where verse 9 and verse 10, continue to read for yourself, which you've already read, comes up. Now, out of that, we want to now start breaking things down beginning in verse 5. Okay? Alright? So, there's a statement made in verse 5 about his prized possession, his gold. This is not the forum for us to push this. Please go and go through the series, the Cyrus Mandate, where you'll understand what the prized possessions and the treasures are God is speaking of the same issue. Yes. It says because you have taken the treasure, my price possession, Tre- and yeah. taken it to your temples. Are you seeing a referral, a mm-hmm. referral to the Cyrus mandate yes. and what happened in that window? Mm-hmm. So God is dealing with all those issues. Joel is not out of context. Joel is talking about the same context that
2: all the prophets deal with. Okay. Let's say something here before we go on. Yes. There. We see this in Second Kings. Yes. Twenty four. Yes. That is where Nebuchadnezzar comes. And carries them
1: into away, Babylon, to Babylon.
2: And takes now, all right. Now the Bible treasure. says mm-hmm. that God gave them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. Yes. But we see God here saying, "Because you have taken." Yes. You okay. Have please explain away. to us. Let me explain
1: something. <laughs> when I, we've always often said this, God finished His work when He finished creation. Mm-hmm. God does not wake up and do anything anymore. Because he set up all the processes that work. But because they are his works, whenever something is done in correct order, it is his doing. Mm. Mm. Okay? Whenever something goes against his order, it is your undoing. Therefore, it is like him punishing you. Mm. So, when God speaks about, technically, we know the scripture says that they were, Nebuchadnezzar carried them away. But we know the scripture had said that if you disobey me, you will be carried away. Mm -hmm. So this was a result... And they were carried away because of disobedience. Exactly. All right. So this is a result of their disobedience. This is not God waking up one day and saying you need to be carried away. Mm -hmm. Meaning there are already mechanisms in place that would do that. Having said that, it also... God still does not violate his other laws. When he says, if you do this to my people, I will do this to you. So woe be unto you. So
2: are you saying also... (laughs) Yeah, Are you saying this is a cup with very hot water? Yes. All right? Yep. Common sense dictates if a baby comes and puts their hand inside. They'll be burned. They'll be burned. Yes. So the principles of God are already in place. Yes. So when we say that God gave them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, it's not that he said, come. No. Let me give you this, people. Exactly. It's because you've gone against what he said. And if you do that, yeah. automatically Nebuchadnezzar will carry it you He told away. you,
1: choose this day. If you do A, this will happen. Mm-hmm. If you do B, this will happen. Yes. He set those parameters. Yes. When you go against any, that's what we interpret as Why God. Why am I mean
2: emphasizing God. on this scripture? is because yes. many people think. Because of this, somebody can say, God punishes us. Mm-hmm. What I'm going through, it is God who gave me into the hands of the devil. Yes. So that... You say something, and we, we've talked about this a lot. Same case with Job. Yes. God didn't give him into the hands of no. the
1: devil. In fact, the, the way that scripture clarifies it, yeah. it says, he is already in your hands. doesn't say, I gave him into your hands. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a big difference. Yes. It means certain
2: actions... Place us in certain situations. So it's not God who places us there. No. Principles are in place. Yes. If you go but against God, God created God is the saying. principles. Okay? Yes. And if I go against this, the Bible talks about Adam. Mm. He ate. Mm. God did not punish him. Exactly. God told him the consequences of your eating. Exactly. You will now be toiling. Exactly. You will be sweating. You will have labor. That's aids. it. Told uh, talked to Eve. Yes. All these things is not that he was casting them, no. but he was telling them because you are not where you are supposed to be. Yes, where you have placed yourself, these things will happen. Neither
1: did God cast the ground. Mm-hmm. God told him the ground has become cast because of your behavior. Mm. Paraphrased. Yeah, the ground is cast for your sake mm. because of what you have done. You've caused the same ground that you produce to act against you okay. so your disobedience caused the scenario yes
2: in other words simply means the ground can no longer produce for you in that state so when we talk about i'm in this place because god has pushed me to this place or ha- has allowed this place He has never done anything it to means you're in the wrong place yeah. we need to come back to this place where god says to adam yes. where are you exactly. he was already telling him where you are Things will go wrong. Yes. If you can come back to where you are supposed to be. Yes. So even for us, as we are talking about this scripture, when we say proclaim, we are not saying that God gave them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. No. Now again he's saying that no. they have wronged. Yes. It's we, I no, think we it, simply, it simply
1: means that once you breach a certain barrier and you step outside, and you'll see how that connects to that verse. Five. Okay.
2: Okay.
1: In verse five, there's a there's a statement that is made that you have sold. The, my, my, my sons to the Greeks, yes, and they have removed them from their borders. Mm. Now, you have to understand biblical language. It means this. The Greeks did not remove them from any border. Mm-hmm. But being sold to the Greeks removed them from the border. Let's mm. talk about the Greeks. <laughs> they seem to be the main thing here. So, here the Bible is talking about the, the what has happened to my people. Kingdom people are now full of knowledge, debates, arguments, philosophies. They think like Greeks.
2: So the Greeks here, you're talking about form and function. Yes,
1: the philosophies. Yes. The concepts. So they are are debating concepts, ideas. Mm -hmm. They are arguing about all sorts of things. That argument has removed them from their borders. Borders means your jurisdiction, Mm -hmm. your place of authority,
2: your place of function Mm. that is why this war is a problem so every time i see the bible talking about the greeks yes you're telling me that the bible is telling me you're full of information Mm -hmm. you debate you can even tell what your instruction is you can say Mm -hmm. what your proceeding word is. you so know the meaning of the words yes you can break them down they cause debates Mm -hmm. lots of knowledge a lot of arguments yes but no action exactly
1: and that moves you away from action They have removed them from their borders. Now, let me give another reference point to the issue around Greeks. Okay, We are told that Jesus is told a group of Greeks are here to see what is his answer. Mm-hmm. So uncharacteristic. Mm-hmm. Unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone.
2: Explain. Why is
1: Jesus... <laughs> giving a parable Mm. to a simple statement. There's some people here who want to see you. Because he knew the Greeks were coming to debate. Mm. They were coming to bring arguments and philosophies, and they're probably going to spend three hours talking about what is a kingdom, what Mm. is really a kingdom. And they can break it down. Of course. (laughs) Do you know that's our term? So he was saying, you don't understand. This kingdom works differently. Unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it means unless you have a concept. Mm. If that concept doesn't go through the process of growth That's yes. just an idea
2: mm.
1: if that process a seed is a potential forest oh yes but that's all it is
2: mm. unless it dies Dice. loses its present mm. form so as much as we continue talking and talking about our instruction and our yes proceeding word, until that word
1: dies meaning dies. it's no longer a discussion it's mm. now a reality mm. until and it can
2: never become a reality without yes. death
1: exactly mm-hmm. it is there in that invisible window that things begin to happen. Yeah. Behind the
2: scenes, things begin to flourish until a day we begin to see it sprout. And that is why for TCC now, whenever we get a word, or maybe we are talking about the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. Let's not go into debates. Let's mm. go to the place where we're asking God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you telling me mm-hmm. in that explanation of what the kingdom means. Yes. I want to hear what you're speaking to me exactly. because what you're telling me will cause me to function. Exactly. Now, every time we talk, even if we finish a whole series and there's no action after listening, yes. that's just knowledge. That's debate and that's the Greek spirit. Exactly. Yeah? Let, let, let's
1: take uh, an example because when we operate in this model, we allow the treasures to remain. He said, You took my prized possessions into your temple. Yes. And then what did you do? You fed my people with Greek philosophy mm-hmm. and it removed them from their borders. Meaning, as long as they are operating by Greek philosophy, all the treasures remain in Babylonian custody. Mm-hmm. Now, let me explain how that works. We can spend five hours debating whether a pastor should work or not. <laughs> and we can give every philosophy. Okay. As long as we are discussing it. He's not working, mm. Mm. so we are not even proving a point. Yes, we are arguing a position. Mm-hmm. We are not even proving mm. what is right about it or not. Mm. We are not even asking, "Do you know pastors who work? Can we align them here?" Yes, and the ones who don't, mm-hmm. can we align them here? What is work? What is work? You understand? I think that's... so. We can either debate, yeah, or we can act. Mm. You see the difference? Yes. So, of course, that is not a straightforward answer. That is an answer that has to be put into context. Mm. By the time we put it into context, is it a pastor with three people or a pastor with Mm 3,000? Different. You see, that already
2: changes. I think also, like what you've just said, what is work? What is work? Because work doesn't mean outside of the uh, courts of the church. Because many people think work means he must go and be employed by a Babylonian organization. There you
1: go. So you see where we're stuck now. Okay, so
2: debates and arguments, we always have to ask ourselves are we being Greeks? Are we always arguing on something or are we coming to this place where we are taking action? Let me tell you, if you want to know if you have got some Greek blood. Yes.
1: (laughs) And there's good Greek blood and there's bad Greek blood. Mm -hmm. Good Greek blood is when you're trying to get the answer so you can act.
2: Mm.
1: Just like the Romans. They studied the Greeks and ruled the world. Simple. The Greeks came up with the concepts. All. Ecclesia. Mm -hmm.
2: They they created it. So out of the debate, pick something. Take one and run. Take one and do something. Out of the argument, pick something. That's it. Okay. So And the bad one?
1: Yeah. The bad one is when you still issue things around, I don't agree. (laughs) On that matter, I don't agree. Whatever you tell me, I don't agree. Listen, Mm. agreement is irrelevant. Mm. It is whether you are functioning or not. Mm. You can disagree with something and then tomorrow agree, you're in the same spot.
2: Mm. Mm. Nothing
1: changed. The issue is not whether you agree or not. The issue is whether it will affect your outcomes or not.
2: I think you should notice that every time we talk, especially in this series, yes. and most of so where we are going into business and issue, yes. it's a matter of action, a matter of move mm-hmm. forward, do something. Don't just sit and talk and say this powerful message and discuss it. Yes. Like I mean, five hours later, like you're saying, yeah. you're still in the same spot, yes. both spiritually yeah. and even in the natural. And
1: you're exhausted. You're very tired and very likely you don't like somebody.
2: Mm. You're offended. Mm, Because of the debate and the argument.
1: You've been removed from your borders.
2: Greeks. Remember what you're defining here? We are defining the Greeks and the Greek mentality. A mentality that is about debates and about arguments and about not just getting into something to do, but just something to say. Yeah. In other words, it is always much more powerful not to always
1: disagree with what people say, but to create something that proves them wrong. Much more powerful. Okay. If I disagree with you on a matter, that is not as powerful. It's a matter of opinion, it's a matter of who... who. Listen, there are people who can win an argument because they are gifted. Mm. But that doesn't mean they've got a result. Yep. So the best way to always go forward is when you see a matter, come up with proof. Mm. If at all you're going to present an issue, then present evidence.
2: Not God. opinions. Alright. Yes. So we're talking about yeah. proclaim this among the nations. nations. We're talking about God is saying. Yes. Yeah. So
1: now verse 9 starts with proclaim this about the nations. And it's funny that in scriptures there's, a, there's, a, there's an exclamation mark. <laughs> this is like a major matter. Mm. It's like a trumpet. It's a shout. Mm. Proclaim this among the nations. And it's important you
2: understand that. Among the nations. Not among my people. Mm. Don't proclaim this in the church. I think that's what we did uh, last week uh, when you we talked about the kingdom. Yes, That's what we did is justice to say that God is not yes. bound to the church no. or to a denomination. Mm-hmm. God is about the nations. God is about the earth, yes. not the church. So when you proclaim among the nations, the word proclaim here is the
1: Hebrew word kara. That word means to call out. The way we say you have a calling. Mm-hmm. To call out. It also means to 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 decree or to Literally shout at people like in an army. Yes Proclaim this among the nations. It's almost like you're letting people know where this is going mm. So the, 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 the tone is a tone of urgency It's a tone of that is not just proclaiming its calling. Mm. It's calling out and it's funny It's the same word in the Greek that we'd call Ecclesia mm-hmm. Called, Called out once
2: so here we can say that call out yes. among the nations, yes. meaning yeah. there's a people I want to, you to call out yes. among the nations. There's an
1: issue happening.
2: I love what you said. Yes. It's not in the church. No, no, in, in the nations. In
1: the nations, this is the context of this war. Okay. Then it says, "Wake up, the mighty people, the, the, the mighty, the mighty men. men." Yeah. It's interesting. The word "wake up" here, the picture is how you stir somebody, roughly,
2: mm.
1: like if, if if there was a fire and someone was yes. asleep. Yeah. And here it says, "Wake up, the mighty men, not the lazy men."
2: Okay, wait. <laughs> when you talk about proclaim, call out, shout yes. out with urgency, yes. wake up the mighty, yes. um, proclaim this among the nations. Yes. Wake up the mighty yes. men. Exactly. Not men.
1: Mighty. mighty. And it's a, the word gibor in, 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 the, in the Hebrew now. Mighty men. Why are you waking up mighty men? The picture here is that the guys you're waking up are already designed for this. Mm. It's like, how would I put it? Assume there were thieves outside. Okay. And you knew someone who has a gun and he's asleep.
2: Mm. You're waking him. How do you wake him up? Mm. He also knows something is happening. That means
1: within the waking up, Mm. you're informing him. Yes. It's it's a combined. Mm. You're creating the agency. You're giving the right information. By the
2: time they get up, they're in action. Mm. And remember, here we are talking about the mighty men. Yes. Now, us, we don't go into the gender sensitivity. The mighty men slash women. Listen, (laughs) when God says here, wake up the mighty men. In this season, we are talking about men and women, male and female. Mm -hmm. So, we are talking about a people who are mighty, and we will see, yes. for you to be called the mighty man, it yes. talks about you being prepared. Exactly. You've gone through a process exactly. for you to become mighty. Yes, I love what you say, not yeah. the lazy. Not the lazy. Mm. And, and the, the issue
1: here that is being raised is that they're not asleep per se, mm. even though I use the metaphor of sleep. Waking them up here is very interesting. Yes, It's like bringing to their attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've always been prepared, yes. but they didn't know the when. Mm.
2: So this is a spiritual waking up. Yes, these are guys who are going around doing whatever they need to yes. do. They know inside of them they, are they are trained they for they have something. Gone. They have capacity. Yes, they are trained for something. Yes. They just didn't know when. When? So
1: when there's that shout, they move into rank. In other words, that's, this shout
2: is not the mm. time to go for training. Mm, this is somebody who is already trained. This is the shout to now, go to action. Now, there's something else with the mighty men. Yes. When you talk to them, yes. when you call them out, yes. they don't ask you for what.
1: Nope, they're ready. They are ready. They ask which way?
2: Only that they do know the timing. Simple. So there's somebody being told, proclaim this yes. among the nations. I think the best way to understand up, this the mighty yeah, best way to understand this yeah. is
1: if you if you like watching war movies or those kind of things. Think of when there's a siren and everybody is dressing on the go. Mm. People are putting they on are already their stuff. And the funny thing is that as they dress on the go, because of their training, they don't leave anything valuable behind. Mm. They are dressing as they go, putting yes. on the armor as they go, everything yes. is in place. That's the picture you have. Mm-hmm. So the, this waking up is an alertness, being clear about what is the mission, yeah. what is the time, where are we going? That's a, that's what this means. It means to be spiritually alert. But then it says something very interesting that is added to this: mm-hmm. wake up the mighty men, and um, let me make a comment about mighty men.
2: Okay.
1: Throughout the ages, when God wanted to do something significant, He always had people He had prepared. These people were right on time and were committed. Mm-hmm. So even if you look at the mighty men of David, one of the strange things is that the day of war is not the day of preparation. The day we are being told the stories of the mighty men of David, you you can forget some of these fellows came from Adullam.
2: Mm-hmm. These are guys who have gone through a process. Exactly. So when we talk about God has always his mighty men ready. Yes. That's why he told Elijah there are 7000. Those are the mighty men we are talking exactly. about. There are 7000 yes. that you don't even know about. Yeah. But when it comes to proclaiming among the nations yes. the mighty men know. They are ready there. They were they prepared.
1: prepared. Their journeys, mm. their processes, their life. Listen, these guys you're calling mighty men with David are the guys not long ago some of them we were calling the disgruntled, mm, the, ones the broke, debt. the debt, yeah, the whatever. These are the same same guys we are now calling mighty because they've gone through a, a
2: journey, a process. So now again, before yes. we go
1: on, yes,
2: back to TCC. I always yep. talk to TCC every time we have a conversation. I will always bring bring it home. Yes. Now we're in a season. We are saying that the next level. We are talking about business unusual, and there's a generation of people. God is saying, call out. Mm. wake them up with yes. urgency talk to these mighty men yes now notice we are talking to the mighty men yes from this point forward there mm. are some things that we might speak about and you're like okay i don't seem to get this yes <laughs> then you know where you are you need to go back through the process you mm. need to go through mm. the process yes. that leads you to become this yes. person called the mighty men mm. so when you're talking about the mighty men yes whoever is watching us you have to ask yourself am i even hearing the call uh-huh. If you're not, and you're not even understanding, it tells you yes. you're not prepared no, for this. This.
1: Uh, this scripture is very selective. It is. It says, listen carefully, it says, um, Awake the mighty men, the men prepared for battle. Mm. Not just any. Now listen, they're prepared for battle, mm. they're being called up to war. That means they're not being prepared for a battle. Mm-hmm. They've already gone through battles. These
2: are guys who have gone through it. That's why they are battle ready. I think that's why we've talked about processes. Yes. And for a long time we've been saying, do not hmm. give up. Go through the process. Why? Because the minute you come on the other side, yes, you are among the ones who have been told, listen, exactly. you've gone through it. To go to war, you can't just have an army, a nation that has an army yes. of uh, civilians. No, You can't just tell civilians, come and join, put on your uniforms. God is not going to do that either. God is talking about our people who have gone through the process. They have yes. been strengthened, they have capacity yeah, exactly. to face the next yes. level.
1: And I think it's very important to understand the difference between being prepared for battle yeah. and being prepared for war. Okay, Being prepared for battle, many of us... We know that place because those are the processes where we win, we fail, we get frustrated, we get annoyed, we pick ourselves up, mm-hmm. we complain. That's called prepared for battle. In the day of preparation for war, there's no time for whining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You're done with that face. Yes. You know what this is about. This is a place where you are, you're prepared to suffer for your brother. Mm. You're pre- this, is not, this is not the days when you complain that, why am I the one? Mm. You already did that.
2: There's a lot of fears that you've dealt with. You've dealt with them, you've there. are been so there. many things. And you know when you deal with fears, when you talk about a fear of this and fear of that, notice this kind of fear, if you deal with different kinds of fears, exactly. they bring you to that position of otherness. That's it. Because why do we have fear? Because I'm fearing for myself. Exactly. It's all about me. What about if this happens to me? What about this me? Yes. Something comes and you go through a process that yes. removes me exactly. and or other selfishness. I mean, in this place of other th- now. think
1: of David. Yeah, why are they called the mighty men of David? of David? Because David was a prototype for their journey. Yes, David fought his battles in silence with the bears and lions. Mm. In the day of war, he was ready. It's called Goliath. When the Goliath declared war on Israel, wow. why he was battle ready? Okay, he was so battle ready. That when he was offered Saul's armor, what did he say? It has not been proven. Yes. So we're talking about people who you thought you were dying. No, you were being proven. (laughs) You thought you were going through chaos. You are being prepared for war. Yeah. You thought you had failed. No. You needed to fail to understand the context of the next process.
2: I think we need to put a... a a Brief video, yes. of the army going through training. Yes, when you see the them going through, yes, especially <laughs> the marines, yes. when you see them going through seem, training, yes. sometimes you wonder, Do I have to do all Is this? Is it
1: important? Why
2: would I go through are all you this? Trying to kill me. It looks like, Listen, <laughs> you're trying to kill these guys, yes. and their trainers are not encouraging them. No, actually, it's almost like, Get out them. if you can't make it, just get out. Yes, but in the army of the Lord, we've gone through. And what happens with us, yes. it's a matter of internally expanding. Exactly. Coming to a place where you can handle the kingdom yes, matters. Yes. You can handle, you listen. Yeah.
1: You, you, you handled huge debt mm. so you can handle money without pressure. Mm. You handled being in stress, being thrown out so that nothing can scare you. This is the mindset for war. Yeah. We were being prepared. This was the journey. These were the processes that brought us here. Yeah. So much so that when God gives you a direction, you're like, De- De- David's men, Sometimes these guys, go please go study these <laughs> mighty men. Those guys did stuff that are so interesting. We might have to look at them in the coming uh, seasons. Why does a guy jump into a pit with a lion? Mm. Kill the lion without jumping in. Mm. Sure, it's already in a pit. <laughs> Just... Spear it, Mm. but the guy has to go in. Yes. They talk of one guy who killed so many people with a sword that the sword stuck to his hand. Mm. His hand and the sword became one. Mm. What kind of people are these? A prepared people. A prepared people. (laughs) That's the idea. So we are going to this place. Then it says, let those guys who have been prepared Mm. come up. Mm. ascend,
2: Ascend. Meaning
1: operate from a new frequency.
2: Yes.
1: Operate from a new paradigm. Yeah. Operate from a new environment. Operate from a place that seems to have no connection to where they have come from. Mm. Let them ascend. Every time you hear the the principle of the word ascend Ascend. in the Bible, it means to function from a superior and a higher dimension. Mm. Let them move up. Let them begin to function in ways nobody will even understand. Let them do that. That is where the war is. So now we've done a background of um, this mighty man. Oh, yes. We've spoken about who is being stirred up. In other words, there's already a proclamation of war. Once that has been proclaimed, that's when you call the mighty man. Because war has already been announced. So we're not announcing the war. The war has been announced.
2: It's announced. (laughs) Actually, the question is, have you identified yourself? It's almost like when I hear this, I know if I'm moving forward, or I know I'm the type who is asking, where is the camp? Can I go to the camp? So now, I
1: want to look at the Type of war mm-hmm. and the type of war is understood by its weapons. Mm. That's what I'm trying to say. It was a nuclear war. It was an atomic war. Mm. It was a what? Because the weapons determined the war, the type of war, mm. and the weapons were equal to the territory and to the enemy. Yes. All right. Mm. So in this particular scenario, it starts by why must you ascend? Because what you are about to be told to do doesn't make sense.
2: Mm. You Being
1: cannot. You cannot interpret God from this. Yeah. Imagine, I'm telling you, come to war. Then I say, "Um, how are we fighting? Or, take your plow and turn it into a sword. (laughs) Okay. Wait. You're not giving me any weapons? Hmm. My plow Hmm. to be turned into my sword. Hmm. So you're not giving me any weapon? Yeah. What is the technology there? It means this. What does a plow do? A plow is symbolic of breaking ground. Okay. Okay. Symbolic of creating a fertile environment, mm-hmm. symbolic of farming, symbolic of being pulled by oxen—all those are pictures. Symbolic of, of labor, symbolic of a harvest of seed time and, and harvest. harvest. Meaning: take all that experience and turn it into a weapon. Turn your ploughshare into swords. There it is. In other words, you're going to fight mm. with your knowledge of farming. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's the war, So, your plosia has become a sword. Strangely, it's still a plosia. Yes. But it's application. That's why you beat it into. So, you are changing its functionality. Its functionality. Its shape. Exactly. Yeah. So, in the past, I used it to survive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I'm going to use it to take nations.
2: Okay. Stop. Let's go back to this person who is watching and asking, okay, find my plosia. Yes. I've been in the... I'm a teacher. Yes. I've been a teacher. Exactly. Now you're telling me turn your yes. your ploshear yes. into a sword.
1: Exactly. All right. How do you make it a weapon? First of all, Plosia means field. So what field are you in mm-hmm. for your current language? Yes. What is your field of operation? Okay? That's where the war is. So how does a teacher turn the into a sword? Simple. By changing the mentality of your students for the kingdom. That's war. Mm-hmm. Because the minds are being taken away.
2: So when you're talking to the teacher, telling them, listen, yes. you're not stopping being a teacher. Nobody nope. is telling you, come out, go and become something else. Yes. In that same place, exactly. you're being told, take same, the same thing you have. Yes. And turn. And notice something strange. Mm. We started by saying, and we've said this before many times, that when you talk about applause share, it's yes. a tool of labor. Labor. So what are you being told? As a teacher, you've yeah. come from a place where you're just laboring. Yeah, yeah. Now so you're You're kingdom, working for
1: pay. You're, you're for fighting pay. for union. You're <laughs> complaining. You've not been increasing. Change. Mm-hmm. The future generation of the kingdom is in your hands. Yes. You're at war. If you take that journey, then the Lord of the harvest will take care of you.
2: Let me ask a question here, and I'm just, I don't know why we, we picked on teachers. Yes. When you talk about a teacher changing their. Clochea yes. into sword. Yes. Now, how many teachers? I mean, how many students have passed through your hands? Yes. When you see them today, not the job they are doing, but the impact they are having. Mm-hmm. Are you proud? Can you say, "I actually taught so and so, so and so, and they are having impact"? Exactly. Not noise. We are not talking about noise. We are not talking about the noisy students yeah. that came through, and you can see them and say, "By the way, so and so was my student." Why they are noisy right now? Yeah. We don't want noisy people. We want impact. Yes. We want influence. We yes. want people who are changing the environment. Exactly. What's the difference? Yes. When the teacher is using a pleasure, Yes. it is a job. You're yes. just doing it to be yeah. paid.
1: When you turn it into a sword, mm. the people you're churning out, Yes. it's a kingdom mm. strategy. Wherever you're placed. Yeah. That is why Miriam was smart enough to say to Pharaoh, I know a woman who can bring up this boy. Mm-hmm. Yet that was his own mother. Yep. But he was wise in the language he used, She used so that they were not aware of what this was about. And so this is the principle, when we say that you're changing what was your business into a strategy. That's what we said the other mm-hmm. day, I think it was last week. Yeah, We said God is not interested in money. God is interested in his gold and his silver that was taken into the temple. Tempo. His gold and his silver are people. Yep. That's the idea. He wants us to shape their mentality, shape their thinking, Mm. so that everything they know... And listen, shaping mentality is not teaching Bible teacher. Mm. It is moral value. It is ethical standards. Mm. It is kingdom standards. It is character. It is relationship. It is how they handle themselves around people. It is leadership. That is kingdom.
2: And we always say that. A good teacher does not churn out students, good no. students, but they always bring out better teachers. Simple. Not students. So there are many people who can say, you know what, there are so many students who have come out, and you know all my students actually, they turn they are out to be very good students. We don't want good students. We want a teacher who can um, bring out yes. more and more teachers, yes. better Ima- than Ima- themselves. Imagine in your mind,
1: if you are given a prophetic insight of your students and what they will become in the future. Uh. That's so when you're teaching, you teaching them, you're so, teaching them with a the
2: prophetic eye.
1: You didn't know you needed to be a prophet to be a teacher. You need that grace, hmm. you need that ability to be prophetic, to be able to see into the destiny of the
2: children, hmm. not into the syllabus, into their destiny. You know that if you think about it, yes, every D student, if they were to sit under a teacher, yes. And the teacher tells them, motivates them, not just motivates, but tells them, yes. this is not the end. Exactly. You know the students will change. Absolutely. But there's a teacher who tells them, if anything, you failed. There you go. I don't know what you will become. Exactly. What are you speaking to your students? Yes. Are you telling them, listen, these grades, this is just a grade written by men. Exactly. Your destiny is not in the hands of men. Your destiny is that which God already, exactly. and it is greater than an A, yes. or a B, or a C. Yes. So now, in the same way, are you a
1: minister? Are you an apostle, prophet? What is your pleasure? Mm. That teacher is your field. Yeah. You need to shape that teacher who is shaping children. Mm. Yeah. In other words, this is how the kingdom is working. If if, if I sit and I realize in my community, majority of the people in my community are teachers, then I already know my field Mm. as an apostle.
2: Yeah.
1: I know the focus. I need to know where the future of education is going and how that needs to work. At TCC, we are very clear about the makeup of the people around us. They are in a certain field, and that's why we we'll always speak of business unusual. Yes, because we are shaping them for the environment that we are graced for, and that they are graced mm. And that is that is where we are taking. And, the and that's the
2: Bible talks about the work of the fivefold is to equip, equip the saints. Now, most of us thought equipping the saints is bringing them into the church. No. Nope. Now you're saying, listen, the saints are out there. They are exactly. in the nations. Exactly. And they are the teachers. Yes. They are the Uh, bankers, engineers, lawyers, those are the saints. But you know what? Somebody needs to come and tell the lawyer, listen, exactly, you can do better to that guy you're handling right now. Simple.
1: Because they sit under you. Yes, They need to be coming for advice and saying, what is the kingdom situation in this particular process? Mm. So it doesn't matter what field you're in. In this season, that's why it says, they have been bound in the Greeks. And yes. they're outside the boundary. Mm. So you're a teacher, but you're stuck in Greek philosophy. Yeah. You've been removed from your boundary. You've been removed from your boundary. Yeah. You're here to change lives, not to teach subjects.
2: <laughs>
1: An entirely different concept. You're here to direct futures, not to get the highest mark of your school in the society. So that the best you do is you had a child raised mm. because of the top child. Mm. Why do you have one top child? Mm. You had 40 under your care.
2: Actually, the teacher should come back and say, wait, how many do we have? Only two. Why? We need to sit and talk. Because let there be a top
1: child academic. Let there be 40 top children, character, order, structure. Mm -hmm. Something completely changes. Wow. That is the new call. That is where the war really is. That's the battleground.
2: Turn your ploughshares into swords. And exactly. that's what you're talking about. In this yes. season, you're looking at what you're doing and asking yourself, I know I am a saint one, yes. but how am I sent? Exactly. All right. Then the Bible talks about
1: pruning hooks. <laughs> Turn your pruning hook into spears. What is also interesting is that a pruning hook really is something that was used to clean fish.
2: Okay.
1: And Or even if you're to think of pruning, it's for pruning... Uh, For scaling, it's also used for pruning plants, Mm. you know the the parable of of the plants that grow that need to be pruned. Both these products talk about the seasons we are coming out of and where we are going. Pruning is what has been happening to you. Mm -hmm. You've been taken through so much pruning. This is cut out, you go through this rough environment that is being removed. Sometimes friends were pruned from you, sometimes environments were pruned. All your limiting beliefs, your strongholds were broken. What is that about? Turn that now into a spear. Mm, a spear. In other words, let your experiences have made you much more powerful. Mm, mm. Let what you've gone through, because a spear is, is, is an interesting tool. If you think about these two tools, swords and spears, why do you have a sword and a spear in war? And why are these even in the Bible? Swords are for close contact warfare. Right? The enemy is close to you. You reach out. That's why we say, when you're using a sword... You're dealing with people mm. close to you. You're dealing with a spear. A spear is a picture always of a hunter and one who breaks about bar- bar- barriers. Because hunters have to go into territory. Yes. Swords. You dealing can't with sit covert. at home and throw a spear. No, you have to go. You have to get out. Exactly. Yeah. Spears are also pictures of authority. Pictures of 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 somebody who is seasoned at war. Mm. Because people made their own spears. It's a sign of you know what you're doing, mm. and it means that. Running prey can't get away from you. Yeah. Uh, 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 the hunter with the sword brought the mm-hmm. food home. This is the economic the environment mm-hmm. with, the, with the sword. I mean, the, the spear. spear. That's what you did with it. Sword did more of the cleaning, the skinning. Works close range, but swords spears. and spears
2: long range. And also, talking about uh, accuracy. Yes. When you talk about you, you, they were broken. Our uh, strongholds were broken. Yes. Bel- beliefs were. You know, there are so many things you believed and you're yes. actually being like almost like yes. being molded. Yes. After this, you yes. become accurate. Yes. Everything you do. So, when you talk about turning your uh, pruning hooks into spears, you're yes. talking about now you're coming to a place of accuracy. Yes. You can't just sit and say, by the way, I'm feeling like just throwing a spear. <laughs> and I will do... You what know, you throwing Which edge do I want to throw? Anywhere. I feel like. I, whenever whenever yes. I throw, yeah. it might hit something.
1: And you know, a spear is a sign of confidence because it is a risk to throw a spear at a wild animal. Mm. You have to hit your target. Yes. If you miss, you're in danger.
2: No, if you miss, you run. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So,
1: a a spear is confidence, Mm. knowledge, knowing that I am capable. Mm. The ability to step out and do the daring, Mm. to do more because you already know I'm built for
2: this. And you're coming out now in the place, when you're talking about spears, you're saying when I get out, when I see what I'm targeting, I know I'll get it. You're in this place where you're so confident of this process you've gone through that you know every time the spear leaves my hand, I have... Something happens. Yes.
1: Exactly. And it also means you've got sight. You can tell which Mm -hmm. kind of animal it is. Yeah. Well, one, you can tell what kind of animal it is, and two, you can tell where to target it. Mm -hmm. And did you know how difficult it is to spear a moving target? Hmm. Talking of accuracy. Yes. It talks of beyond accuracy. It talks of prophetic. I can anticipate if I throw the spear here, it is running, I will hit it here. Yes. There's so many symbols tied in. prophetic. This.
2: Yes. So when you're talking about business unusual, we are saying yes. that as you go, you know, as I throw my spear, yes. accuracy, yes. sight, you have a, uh, uh-huh. a sight. Yes. Those are some of the principles you're talking about. You can about. anticipate. Yeah. You can calculate. Mm. You know how
1: many things go into throwing a spear at a yes. moving animal? Calculation, speed, time, wind speed, accuracy, height, target point. There are so many factors. Mm. By the time you release it,
2: mm. My goodness. And you're not you know a weakling. Yes. There's the strength, no weakling who can, who can throw a spear. Yeah, when
1: you throw it, you throw it properly. Yes. Yes, it has to arrive.
2: Some of these... <laughs> we are going to put these videos. Don't worry. We are watching them in the group. We have to see these hunter. Yes. And you have to see when they throw. Yeah. It's not just because... I don't just pick the spear and throw. Exactly. There's a way they move it backward first. Yes. All right? They first go back to Before, go forward. forward. That's a principle. Yeah. So we are looking at all and saying, wait. And we put all these things together and say, when you are being told, call, call out the yes. men of war. Yes. These are guys who are prepared. That when you talk about the spear, they know that when you're talking about going back, yes. I am picking the word, every word that has been spoken. You're like uh, the scribe, the white yes. scribe, who goes to the old and the, and the new. new. I cannot go to war by just holding the spear and just throwing it from here. That's why it comes from the pruning hook. Yes. How far back I can go mm. to lessons land yeah. equals how much thrust I can move forward. That means also when you're talking about the spear, yes. I cannot sit here and say, listen, right now we are dealing with what? Kingdom of God. What about when you talk about Melchizedek? Did you talk about David as a pattern? I don't know about that.
1: You, your hand can't move far now. I enough can't
2: move that far. For momentum. Yeah. So why do we have to go back fast? Because yes. that which we have learned, that which God has already spoken yes. to us, that whole stronghold is yes. what we are using now. Exactly. You actually become, that hunter becomes the territorial spirit. Exactly. He is the one who is reigning now. Yes. And as I throw that spear, yes. with all that which God has put together for me, exactly. I know my target is coming down. And what
1: is so powerfully prophetic about the unconventionalness of this war mm-hmm. is that a, a, a plot... Is bigger than a sword. Mm. Yes. A pruning hook is smaller than a spear. Mm. Those are all pictures of how unconventional. That's why it says to let them to come up. Yes. Because
2: how we are going to work here is not how the tools worked before. Mm. What and every time told. God tells you come up, yes. you're coming to a place where you're saying, wait, I can only depend on you. Yep. Because you're telling me to come up. Yes. This new place you're bringing yes. me into, I can't come with my there experience of yes. failures. Up. I can't come no. and tell you, wait, when I throw my spear, my yes. spear goes off because of, now you're saying yes. yourself, in yes. this new place, Absolutely. the only one I can anchor on is you. Exactly. The word that you're giving me here. Yes. Yeah? And so that tells you this is a
1: very unconventional war. Mm. This war is going to, mean we have to have a lot of things changed in our thinking, Yes. our processes shifted, Mm -hmm. our mentalities completely operating outside, because many people, you thought, I just have a job, you thought, I'm just working in an organization, you thought, I just have a business, and you thought your end point was, like we usually say, to put food on the table, or, you know, just so that I can take my children to school. No, you have been sent. The other issues you've been thinking you are sent for, those things are taken care of by the kingdom. But what you've been sent for is to transform and change lives in such an environment that nobody will understand it. Yet, yet, the way we will go, if you don't understand us, we will look like very radical businessmen. Yes. We look like very ambitious teachers. We look on the outside, if you don't understand our internal drive, You'll actually say, these people are materialistic. Mm. These people mm. love doing things because you don't know what is the driver.
2: Yeah, What is driving
1: us is completely different.
2: And I think also something that will be very, very hard for many believers to take is when God says he has the 7,000, you yes. do not know who they are. Exactly. When they start coming out and arising and doing kingdom exploits, Yes. some people will be like, okay, wait, what's happening here? Yes. That is why we are saying, if we've been speaking up to now, and you can tell, you don't need the Holy Spirit, you don't need... It's not rocket science. You can tell I'm not part of this mighty man. Yes. I need to ask myself, can I go back to that? What did I miss? Yes. Can I go back to this preparation room? Yes. What did I skip? What did I miss? Which, Where did I let go? Which battle did I avoid? Mm. What is it that I still need yeah? to
1: get into my weaponry, yeah? into my arsenal, so that as I move forward, and listen, sometimes we will go forward and you'll see a gap, those gaps, Already filled in the preparation we had. Yes. See, that's why sometimes if you if you watch war movies, I like those kind of movies. You know, when when special uh, units, uh, seals are sent into an environment. Sometimes you will see somebody in a situation. Then he has a flashback. Mm-hmm. He remembers a particular place where he was in training yes. and what they said to him and, and that what he went through. Are taught exactly.
2: Strengthens him.
1: That is what he remembers now, now. and he moves. I want to believe by now that something has been stirred up in you, that you're shifting to a new dynamic, that you're reorganizing who you are, you're restructuring who you are. I want to believe that the gaps that were missing are now in place. The queries you had have been answered. And if not, go back. Remember what you said about the scripture in Peter? Go and remind yourself again and again until you own these things, until they are part and parcel of you. Do not miss the next conversation where we'll be sitting down to have a discussion with a couple of other people on some of the pertinent issues that arise from this conversation and how we can navigate them in a practical sense and in a way that engages you on your day-to-day activity
2: thank you for watching this episode of the kingdom conversations the big question remains what have you heard and what are you going to do about it Keep tracking with us, like, and follow us on our social media handles, the Cyrus community on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can send in your questions through Facebook or use the email on your screen. And as Micah44 says, may you be found seated under your vine and under your fig tree.
0: Until our next episode, keep it kingdom, keep it pure.